0: the chains that are broken. Uh, maybe write it down on one of our connection cards. Drop it in the bucket. and Because uh, we as a pastoral staff, we'd love to know. And uh, I believe it's more than just one. So uh, amen. Amen. Well, if you got your Bibles, if you'd open them up to Exodus chapter 18. Uh, but before, if you are a parent of a middle schooler, uh, our middle school age is going to be released with Joel. Uh, They're back in the back. So if you're a Head off to your awesome Bible study class, and uh, we're going to dive in here in just a moment. Exodus chapter 18, uh, it's Baptism Sunday, uh, so I am going to be teaching a shorter message uh, than I would normally teach. Um, felt like the Lord directed it a little bit different this morning, so I've got about 15 minutes to teach a 40-minute sermon. So y'all ready? It's a, it's a seven-pointer. So, we're going to dive right in. Uh, Exodus chapter 18. Um, I'm going to share just a little bit um, about my uh, more formative years in my early 20s. Um, for those of you who do not know, this is an embarrassing part of my life, but uh, it ties in with the sermon title. Um, I was a part of a hip hop dance group. Um, yep, yep. We were called the So Dope Kids. Uh, it was me, uh, my brother, uh, Alexander Hayes uh, and a few other folks, and we thought we knew what was going on. Oh, we thought we could dance. Uh, we filmed videos. Uh, if you've ever driven down Sunnyside Road, if you get beyond uh, 150 second and between 150 second and 170 second, there's that center island that goes the entire way. Uh, we actually filmed a dance video out on that island while cars were driving by. It was great. There's videos, they exist. I'm not going to tell you how to find them. Um, but. We filmed a video. A guy was making a a, a rap video, and and he needed some dance uh, in that video. And so we were like, man, we'll dance. Uh, But Alex had a friend who could really dance. This guy knew what he was doing. Uh, And we're all dancing. We're doing this thing. And all of a sudden, this guy busts out, and he does a backflip into his dance moves. And we all kind of just, like, stopped. The music kept going, but we just stopped. We're just like, what just happened? He just did a backflip. And uh, the first thing that popped to my mind was, that guy's got moves. That guy's got moves. And that's what we're titling this morning's sermon uh, as we're in Exodus chapter 18. That guy has got moves. Let's read. The first six verses together, it says this And Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father in law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord had brought Israel up out of Egypt. Then Jethro, Moses' father in law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back with her two sons, whom their names were Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Eleazar, for he said, God, the, or the God of my father, was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came, to, uh, came with his sons and with his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he had encamped at the mountain of God. Now he, and, uh, now he had said to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife, her two sons, with her. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you for what you have already done, and God, what you're going to continue to do in this service. God, I pray that as we spend these next few moments looking at your perfect word, God, that you would speak to us. God, that you would use me as a mouthpiece. God, that your Holy Spirit would speak through, uh, and so that your perfect word would come through. Anything that would be of me, God, may it fall on deaf ears. Uh, But God, that your perfect word would ring true. So, God, we thank you, we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen. Today we're going to be learning about a character. His name is Jethro. Uh, Many of you would remember from the Beverly Hillbillies, Jethro. Uh, That's not the Jethro we're talking about today. We're talking about the Jethro that was introduced to us uh, in chapters three and four of Exodus. Moses, he's running away after he's murdered an Egyptian, uh, and he goes out to the wilderness of Midian. He meets a really pretty lady down by a well. He says, Man, who are you? Uh, She takes him to dad. Dad says, Hey, you're a pretty cool guy. They get married, and uh, Moses spends some time out in Midian. But the Lord calls Moses back. And Moses, as he's going back, there's a dispute between he and his wife, and he sends his wife and kids back to live with the father-in-law. And then the whole story that we've been talking about over the last couple of months takes place. And now Moses is going back, and he's in the wilderness. And Jethro hears something. He hears what God is doing. And so today, when we're saying that guy's got moves, we're going to look at some big moves that Jethro made And we're going to see how we can apply the big moves that Jethro made to our lives. You see, Jethro is someone who we can learn a lot from. Now, I have a great father, and he's taught me many great things. But for those of you who are married, you will also have a father-in-law. My father-in-law has has taught me some great things also. And we're going to learn from a father-in-law some principles and some moves that we can have in our life. Jethro... Even though Moses is one of the greatest leaders of all time, when you look at religious lists and secular lists, Jesus uh, is up there. He's like number one. But Moses, Moses is like number two. Moses is one of the greatest leaders of all time. And so Jethro is going to see the leadership, and he's going to augment the leadership because Jethro is one of the greatest leaders of all time as well. So Jethro, we're introduced to him in, in, in chapter 3 and 4. His name is Ruel. He's a friend of God. He's the priest and he's the leader of his family. That's one thing that's really key that we could just leave on right there. He is the priest and the leader of his family. He's the priest of his family. He is the spiritual leader in his family. I think there's a need for spiritual leaders and families. Amen? Amen. So Moses marries Zipporah. He has two kids. He leaves. He goes back. And now we're going to have this family reunion. This family reunion is going to take place at Camp MOG, Camp Mountain of God. And something's going to take place that's extremely important. We're going to rifle through these because of time. But Jethro's first great move of leadership is Jethro listens to what God is doing. Jethro is listening. He hears that God is moving. And rather than just be like, oh, okay, that's cool. No, he hears and he wants to go see. I want to encourage each and every single one of us, whether you're the leader of a family or whether you're just the leader of yourself. When you hear that God is doing something, your first reaction should be, man, I got to go see. I've heard, but now I got to go see. Because when God is doing something, it is something that should encourage us to go see because we want to see that happen in our own lives. So the first big move, man, that guy's got moves. Jethro is someone who hears, who listens to what God is doing. He hears the works of God, and he's going to do something about it. I want to encourage us, are your ears open to hear the good works that God is doing? The second big move that Jethro does here is Jethro takes others to go here. He doesn't want to just go by himself. He leads his family. He wants to go see not only what God is doing, but he wants his family to see it as well. Maybe you're in the place where you're the leader of a family. It shouldn't just be you going. Leaders of family, spiritual leaders of family, you should bring your family with you. We need to raise up and be the example for those below us. We should go not only to hear, but to see. A third great move. Actually, before I go to the third great move, I think this is really important. Jethro is bringing the family to Moses. Zipporah is a Gentile bride. Okay, She's not of the lineage of Abraham. She, 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 she's not an Israelite, but she's married to Moses. Y'all remember the typology that we've been talking about with Moses and Egypt and the children of Israel being a type of Jesus, the church, and the enemy in the world? And how Moses is a type of Christ? You see here that a father is bringing the Gentile bride and the family to Moses. The picture here is that God the Father is going to be bringing us, the church, the Gentile bride of Christ, to Christ someday. That day is a day that's in the future, and that is a day of rejoicing. There is going to be a spiritual family reunion when the church is in the presence of God. Amen? That's something to be excited about, right? Can I get a more hearty amen? Amen. 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 All right, third thing. Comes in verse 5. He doesn't just, he could have said, hey, Moses, while you're wandering in the wilderness, why don't you stop by my place and tell me all about it? No, he goes out. Jethro goes out with his family to meet Moses. He takes the steps to see what God is doing. I want to encourage each and every single one of us in a form of spiritual leadership and just just good practices in our own lives. When we see God is doing something, don't just hear it. Don't just see it from afar. But you should run to the front line to see what God is doing. You should go out to where God is moving and be a part. Like us. Jethro's a priest, and he went and he brought his family to where the Redeemer was. Moses being the Redeemer of the children of Israel, we have Jethro now leading his family to the Redeemer. I want to encourage every head of household, bring your family to where Jesus is. Bring your family to where Jesus is. That can be here at church. That can be in your living room. If you as a parent have have your own personal devotional time, invite your kids into that devotional time. All the statistics, and I don't know them. I could make them up because most statistics are made up anyways. But we can see statistically that people are wondering why this next generation is falling away from the church. Why this next generation isn't as interested in reading the word of God. May I encourage parents in the room Invite your children into your personal devotional time. I remember when I was younger, my mom and dad did that. My dad would be down, downstairs sitting in his chair. You've heard him say it from the pulpit. He'd be reading his Bible, drinking his orange cappuccino. And me and my brother and my sister, we'd saunter on down the stairs. We'd grab our little picture Bibles. And my mom made us hot chocolate, and it was great. Um, I, we'd always sneak a little bit of my dad's orange cappuccino without my mom knowing. Uh, I became a coffee addict. It's just how it is. Um But invite your family to be a part of what Jesus is doing in your life. Amen? Okay, we got a fourth great move that we can see that Jethro has here in chapter uh, 18, verse 9. Uh, Jethro rejoices at God's will. God's doing something amazing, and he has set the children of Israel free, and Jethro gets stoked about it. He rejoices. He sees that God is moving, and he rejoices. So not only does he hear, not only does he see, not only does he go out, but he rejoices at what God is doing and God's will. May I encourage you, when you hear God's doing something good, may you take the steps to see that God's doing it. May you go to where it is, and when you get in the presence of what God is doing, may you rejoice, because God is doing things all around us. And they are moments for us to rejoice, moments for us to be elated by what God is doing. We're going to have 15 people baptized this morning. That is so cool, right? We should be rejoicing when God's will is being done. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. We're jumping around. I know this is going to be the shortest Sunday morning sermon you have ever heard at Hillside. May I say this before I get into point five? Uh, Your personal testimony... Your testimony can change people's life. So not only do you rejoice when God's doing something in someone else's life, man, God's done something in your life. Be rejoicing about what God is doing in your life and share it with the people around you. Because God is doing it in your life for a specific reason for you, but God's word paints the picture that he's doing it so others around you can be influenced and affected as well. When God is doing something in your life, man, let it be known. Let it be known because your testimony has the power to transform someone else's life. As they begin to see what God is doing in your life, then they can begin to step out and be like, God, what do you want to do in my life? And this chain reaction takes place as testimonies are being shared. Man, you got a story, share it. Share your story. Because God is moving. Fifth point. Great move that Jethro busts out. He worships. It's one thing to rejoice, but then to bring it all before the Lord and say, "God, I'm giving you my all." We can see here in uh, chapter twelve or chapter eighteen, verse twelve, that he doesn't just like raise his hands and worship and like praise God. This was awesome. No, he gets together with all of the elders of Israel and he offers a burnt sacrifice. This is an offering where he's laying it all on the altar, and it's an all-consuming fire that consumes everything. In essence, what Jethro is saying spiritually and is acting out physically, is he's saying, God, take it all. It's all yours. I've offered. I don't need anything else. Burn it all. And what this is symbolizing, he's saying, God, you are doing something amazing. Take all of me. Do something amazing in my life as well. Man, I want to encourage each and every single one of us, when we come to church and we have a time of worship, when you're in your car and you're listening to the radio, when you're in the shower and you're singing, it doesn't even have to be singing, when you're reading your Bible, when you're doing your work at work, or if you're at school and you're answering those math problems that you don't want to, and everything you do, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, every bit of our life should be an act of worship. And it shouldn't just be when we're at church and we raise our hands and worship is this, like, just going through the motions. No, worship should be giving everything to the Lord because he has done everything for us. So I want to encourage you to take a look at the life of Jethro, see the leadership qualities that he exudes, and follow suit. Hear, see, move towards, rejoice. Take it the next step, Worship. Verse 13, and we don't have the time to read it, but verse 13 through 17, we see Jethro has done all these things, and he's rejoicing, and the Lord's doing amazing things, but man, verse 13 picks up with, and the next day, and the next day. It's Sunday, God does amazing things at church. But how many of us know Monday rolls back around? It's back to the grind, back to the 9 to 5, back to school for those of you who are in school. In the, in the spiritual high that we can feel at church, it can get pushed to the back as the needs of this life begin to push their way to the front. There is a next day, and the grind continues. God might do something amazing in your life, but there is not always going to be a mountaintop. There's going to be going down, you're going to be in the valley, there'll be some climbs, you'll be in a valley again. Here's the reality. No matter where you're at in that spectrum, God is doing something, and it calls for a time of rejoicing. Well, here we go. Jethro, next day, he he was hanging out with Moses, but Moses got to go back to work. What's Moses' job while he's leading the children of Israel? Moses' job is to sit down and have everyone bring Moses their problems. Say, yo, Moses, uh, what do we got to do about this? Someone stole my manna. All right, we got to judge. And he would judge the entire children, the entire nation of Israel. We're talking about like 2.5 to maybe 5.5 million people coming before Moses. He's like an 80-year-old dude. And he's like, I'm exhausted. And Jethro looks at the situation and says, man, something ain't right. Something is not right with this situation. The sixth big leadership move that Jethro had was Jethro saw a potential disaster and he said something about it. He said something about it. So, what does he do? This whole portion of scripture, uh, Exodus chapter 18, the Jethro principle, the art of delegation, we could spend a lot of time talking about it this morning. What I do want us to do is I want us to jump over to Acts chapter 6 real quick. You see, what Jethro did was he told Moses, man, Moses, this is not a good thing. Like, the work you're doing is good, but the way you're doing it, it's going it's to burn you out. It's going to destroy you. You are not going to be as effective as you could be. And he tells Moses, this is what you should do, and you should call able-bodied men to lead the children of Israel so that you can do the things that God has actually called you to do. We see the same thing take place in the early church. This is what it says in Acts chapter 6. Picking up in verse 1, it says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, can I just pause right there? I know that's, this isn't in the sermon that I want to talk about from this, but can you underline the phrase multiplying in your Bible? If you've got a pen or a highlighter, underline that, because this is important. Because this is the first time in the book of Acts we see that the church is not having people added to it daily, but that the church is multiplying. The church has moved from addition to multiplication. I just think that's impressive. And God under the, or the writers of this book, Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God gave him the word to write in Greek differently than people were being added to the church. It says that people are now being multiplied. That's encouraging to us to seek multiplication. But that's not the sermon for today. We're talking about something else. All right. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the, 12, uh, then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God to serve the tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom, be, uh, whom we may appoint over the business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenes, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they, said, uh, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed and laid hands on them, then the word of God was spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith." Why do I read this portion of Scripture and jump from Exodus chapter 18? Well, the same thing that Moses was doing was the same thing the 12 disciples were doing. They were doing good work, but they were doing too much, and it was distracting them and pulling them away from their calling. There's only a few opportunities in Scripture that pastors get to get up on stage and say, Hey, we need help. And this is one of those opportunities. And uh, I want to encourage everyone. man. If God has done something in your life, let's rejoice, right? And now let's give of ourselves. So directly following baptisms, I've got six clipboards up here. And I have six different ministries that we're spotlighting today. Our Kidstown. How many of you guys are thankful for the ministry that our Kidstown has? Amen? If you've got kids, our Kidstown is awesome. We have ushers that serve us every single week. But it's a lot of the same ushers every single week. I bet some of them would like a break. So (laughs) we'd love ladies and men. If you want to be an usher, come sign up. It's really not that hard. Hospitality team, how many of you guys love the donuts? Right? How many of y'all love the coffee? Okay, we have just a few people who set that up every single week. It'd be great if maybe they did it once a month. Come on, right? There's an opportunity for us to get involved. We have a setup and teardown team, and this this sanctuary is beautiful. We love what we're able to do here at Happy Valley Middle School, but we don't get a setup on Saturdays anymore. We set up on Sunday mornings. We get here, there's literally roosters crying out there. They are doing their cock-a-doodle-doo in Happy Valley. And we get here before they start. If you're someone who just say, I don't know where I want to serve, but I'm a morning person. There's an opportunity to sign up for the Setup and Teardown team. We've got some great ministries to be a part of. So I want to encourage you, if you're looking for a place to serve so often... We have these meetings and these conversations as staff. We're like, we just wish there were more people who would serve. And then we realize there are probably people who are willing to serve, probably very talented people that could serve. But so often we just neglect to ask. So this is the call to the church. If you have a desire to serve, we've got opportunities. And we believe that we are better together And the more of the body that can be serving together, the more fluid we're going to be and the better relationship we're going to have. And also, Pastor Dave, when he shows up on a Sunday morning to preach to us week in and week out and to spend time in prayer, man, Pastor Dave gets here at 6, he's wearing basketball shorts, and he's climbing like monkey bars all around here. Wouldn't it be great if Pastor Dave, I know he's watching on the internet right now, um, wouldn't it be great if he could, not come on a Sunday morning? And he could take time to get ready and all that good stuff? Right? Okay. Enough of that. Not enough of that. That's, that's good, right? That's good. All right. Here we go. Seventh point. It's not, uh, it's not a Jethro move. This is a Moses move now. Because Jethro's got some moves, but Moses also has some. And Moses, being a great leader, sees what Jethro says. And he heeds what he tells him, and he does it. Moses realizes, yeah, you know, I'm breaking my back right now. And I am going to raise up some leaders, and I'm going to do it. I want to encourage you in your life. Let's be like Moses. When we see something or when someone brings something to our, to our knowledge, that we would do something about it. Let's be people who take those steps of faith, and we take those humble prods from people around us and we actually do what God has called us to do amen do you believe God has a call on your life if you don't guess what he does so now you're in the process of trying to find out what that is and along the way there's going to be distractions there's going to be good things that'll take you to another side and a good thing here but not all good things are God things So I want to encourage us to keep our eyes on the God things, allow our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ to help redirect us so that we are focusing on the God things and we are doing what God has called us and created us to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to invite those who are going to be being baptized at this time. uh, If you can make your way uh, back to the bathrooms to get changed. Um, And we're going to just talk briefly about baptism as we're going to be having all these folks being baptized this morning. Jethro has great leadership points. Moses has great leadership points. But the greatest leader there is is a guy by the name of Jesus. He's God in the flesh. And we are instructed in Scripture to follow his example. And Jesus, Jesus was baptized. He was baptized by John the Baptist. Now, baptism is a ritual that the Jewish faith had practiced. It's, it's something that had continued on into Christianity. Baptism... Is an outward display of something that God has done inwardly in your life. Our kids' town is coming in, this is awesome. But baptism, baptism, if, if you've put your faith in Jesus, God has transformed your heart and you've been raised from death to life. What baptism is, baptism isn't actually you dying and raising again. Baptism isn't what saves you, but what baptism is, is baptism is a public declaration. Because so often in church or in altar calls, Pastor Dave says, hey, let's close our eyes and bow our heads and no one's looking around, raise your hand. And no one sees it. God's done the work in your heart and you've declared that Jesus Christ is Lord, but no one's seen it. But what baptism is, is an opportunity for us to say, look, God has changed my life. I was once this way. Now I'm this way because of Christ. And I'm going to follow his example in baptism. And what we do when we baptize in the full immersion, it's we are dying to our flesh and we're raising anew in Christ. And we have 15 individuals this morning uh, who, are, who are going to be being baptized. And I'm going to invite the worship team, if you would make your way back up to your instruments uh, this morning. And um, as, as folks are being changed, I know people are making their way out right now. Uh, what I want us to do uh, is I want us to reflect one more time just briefly on these six points. Uh, and then we're going to pray. And then we're going to do some baptism. Amen. And I want to encourage everyone, if, if, if you're sitting um, back, uh, maybe we could come forward because this is a celebration. Uh, if you can't make it down the stairs, no worries. But let's, let, let's pack in so that we can see These people being baptized, and we want to celebrate and rejoice with them. Amen? Okay, so just in recap, these six points of leadership. Jethro, uh, he busted a move, and he heard what God was doing. He listened to the works of God. He took others to go see what he had heard. He goes. He rejoices. He worships. He sees a potential disaster. He says something about it. He speaks out. He teaches an art of delegation, an opportunity for each and every single one of us to serve. And then Moses, Moses sees it, he hears it, and he does it. Let's pray real quick, and then we're going to start with these baptisms. Dear God, we just thank you so much for the examples we have in your word. God, we pray that this morning, uh, God, I know that the sermon uh, was rushed, but Lord, uh, I believe that those points uh, are for us. And, God, I pray that we would be people who are like Jethro, that we would be people who are like Moses, and that we would lead well, that we would be spiritual leaders in our families, we would be spiritual leaders in our workplaces, in our classrooms. And, God, that as we take the steps, as we take the steps of faith and we work out what your will is in our life, God, I pray that people would see you doing something in us. And just like those who are going to be being baptized this morning, God, that our lives would be a public declaration of what you're doing. God, that others would see a difference and that they would turn to you. So, God, we thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, Dan, I'm going to.